98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The government is looking into ways to adjust the territory's COVID mortality rate. Nearly all local cross-border truck drivers have been affected by new mainland measures restricting their travel in the mainland. And the American actor Will Smith has won the Best Actor Award shortly after hitting the comedian Chris Rock. Chief Executive Kerry Lam says it's apparent that the actual number of infections in Hong Kong far exceeds the one million or so cases reported. She said that's because before the self-declaration rapid test system was put in place, patients may have already recovered. Because of this, the CE said Hong Kong's current mortality rate may not be accurate, and the government is considering ways to adjust that. Professor Ivan Hong suggested this morning, and he actually suggested to me when we had the meeting last Saturday, that perhaps we should move on to use the grand total number of infected cases as the denominator to calculate the fatality rate. The numerator will be the same, will be 7,000 deaths, but the denominator, whether it's 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, or 4 million, will make a lot of difference. But at the time, for the time being, we will not move to that immediate adjustment. Otherwise, it will cause confusion. Mrs. Lamb also said there's been a lower ratio of residents testing positive for COVID-19 in recent lockdowns, probably because those who've caught it are exempt from testing during such operations. For example, the CE said lockdowns on Kuang Fook Estate in Taipo found about 5% of residents to be positive, compared to around 20% of people who said they were previously infected. Mrs. Lamb said this provides a good reference for conducting compulsory universal testing if that's needed. It has given us a good indication of the extent of infection in that restricted community, whether it is a fresh infection. But now, because we have taken this extra step to ask, so we are also able to discover the already infected cases or the recovered COVID-19 cases. Over 90% of local cross-border truck drivers have been affected by new policies imposed two weeks ago. With a large number of COVID infections in Hong Kong, Shenzhen has imposed new measures on cross-border truck drivers. Hong Kong drivers are only allowed to pick up or drop off goods at designated connection points. The chairman of the Container Transportation Employees General Union, Chan Duk Sao, says Hong Kong drivers should be allowed to travel to destinations in the mainland if they follow precautionary measures. We will follow precautionary measures, such as the closed-loop management, drivers who stay in their trucks before arriving at their destinations. The whole process will not involve any person-to-person contact. A pediatrician says a second dose of COVID vaccine would significantly improve protection for children, saying it would act as a barrier against a possible rebound in infections when coronavirus restrictions are relaxed. The government has said it wants schools to have 90% of students to be double-jabbed in order to have full-day face-to-face classes after the Easter break. Alvin Chan, who co-chairs the Medical Association's Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases, said some parents were still concerned about side effects of COVID jabs. We still receive calls that uh, the parents are asking about the questions of uh, any possibility of side effects and uh, whether there could be uh, reactions that could um, uh, make them worry. The parents could be worried. So I think there should be more education from from the government and from the experts and reassurance that um, the uh, jabs would not cause significant side effects in the children.
Tourism sector lawmaker Perry Yu has urged authorities to ease the threshold on the number of COVID infections that would trigger a suspension of specific flights. Over the weekend, the government said it's having the suspension period to one week for flights that breach testing rules or carry three or more passengers that test positive. But speaking on a radio show, Mr. Yu said that would still be too strict. It may be better if the suspension mechanism is only triggered when over 10% of passengers test positive. Currently, people coming back are Hong Kong residents, and very few of them are young children or elderly, and they've already been double-jabbed and had tested negative. Say, touch wood, people are found to be infected after they come back, they still may not have a big impact on Hong Kong's medical system because they may have little to no symptoms. An industry expert says Hong Kong's aviation sector had fallen behind compared to its regional and global counterparts. Brendan Sobey of consulting firm Sobey Aviation, however, said the easing of flight suspensions and quarantine rules are encouraging steps. But he told RTHK the policy change won't close gaps with other hubs in the region. The steps announced by Hong Kong in the last week or two uh, is very encouraging um, because at least it's going in the right direction now. But it's it's still relatively small steps and it's not going to do that much to uh, get Hong Kong back in terms of an aviation uh, hub. And it's uh, it's not going to close the gap with the other hubs in the region because other hubs are really racing forward right now in terms of um, benefiting from the broader reopening, particularly in other parts of Asia as well as globally. The daily COVID toll in Shanghai has continued to increase, with authorities reporting 50 symptomatic infections and 3,450 asymptomatic cases. This comes as the financial hub announced that it would hold separate lockdown and testing operations in a bid to contain the Omicron wave. Overall, the mainland reported 1,219 symptomatic local infections, almost 90% of which were from Jilin province. And in Hollywood, Will Smith has won his first Academy Award, capturing the Best Actor honor for his portrayal of Richard Williams, the determined father who raised tennis champions Venus and Serena Williams, in King Richard. Earlier during the Oscars ceremony, he smacked presenter Chris Rock in the face with an open hand and shouted a vulgarity at the comedian for making a joke about his wife's appearance. Mr. Rock made a joke about the hairstyle of Jada Pinkett Smith that referred to the movie G.I. Jane, in which actress Demi Moore shaved her head. Here's the moment when the actor struck the comedian. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) 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 It's that that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Jada Pinkett Smith, who is also an actress, suffers from alopecia. Meanwhile, deaf drama Coda won Best Picture. Jessica Chastain won Best Actress for her performance in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And James Campion won the Best Director for Moody Western The Power of the Dog. Overseas, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Moscow of wiping Russian-speaking cities in his country off the face of the earth since it attacked a month ago. He was speaking in a landmark interview with four independent Russian media outlets. Mr. Zelensky did sound notes of compromise, saying Ukraine could consider adopting neutral status subject to a referendum. 
Security guarantees and neutrality, non-nuclear status of our state. We're ready to go for it. This is the most important point. It was the main point for the Russian Federation, as far as I can remember. Ukraine has urged the Red Cross to scrap its plan to open an office in southern Russia because it says this could be viewed as legitimizing what, Mo what it called Moscow's policy of forced deportations. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter reports. Irina Verishuk, Ukraine's top humanitarian official, said Russia had created sham safe corridors without any coordination with the Ukrainian side through which it trafficked into Russia or its ally Belarus up to 40,000 Ukrainian civilians. She said they'd be taken to filtration camps for further dispersal around remote towns. The ICRC has denied being aware of any forced deportations. Ms. Verishuk said her ministry had been working closely with the ICRC and knew the Red Cross hardly affected the situation on the ground. In reality, she said, the Red Cross was being used by the Russians. Gunmen in Israel have shot dead two police officers. The Islamic State group said it carried out the attack in the coastal town of Hadera. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, who's in Israel for a historic summit, called the attack a senseless act of violence. The BBC's Yolanda Nell reports. The pair, who police say were Arab-Israeli citizens, were shot dead by undercover officers. Security officials are said to be investigating whether they knew an Islamic State supporter who killed four people in southern Israel last week. Israel's foreign minister, Yair Lapid, said that all his counterparts at the summit in the Negev had condemned the attack. There have been several recent attacks amid concerns that tensions are rising ahead of religious holidays. Mr. Blinken has said that a return to the 2015 Iran nuclear deal is the best way to put Tehran's nuclear program back in the box. He said the U.S. would continue to cooperate with Israel in preventing Iran from acquiring nuclear arms. The Secretary of State was attending a summit hosted by Israel with four Arab countries, which have normalized relations under the U.S. brokered Abraham Accords. A more stable, integrated region gives us a stronger foundation for addressing shared threats and for seizing shared opportunities. That is why we are fully committed to expanding cooperation through the Abraham Accords and building on the remarkable progress that Israel, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, as well as Morocco, have made in such a short period of time. A senior advisor to Iran's supreme leader has said that a revived nuclear deal between Tehran and world powers is imminent but depends on the United States. Speaking at the Doha Forum International Conference, Kamal Karazi said it was vital for Washington to remove Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps from the U.S. terrorist list. It's uh, imminent, but it depends on the political will of the United States. The IRJC is a national army. And a national army cannot be listed as terrorist group. And certainly it is not acceptable. That is very important for Iranians. But the U.S. Special Envoy for Iran, Robert Malley, said Washington would maintain sanctions on the guards, casting doubt on how soon a deal could be reached. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,679. That's 274 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $83.9 billion. In currencies, a short time ago, the U.S. dollar would buy you 122.99 yen. The euro was at one U.S. dollar and nine cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 28 cents. 
In sports, Canada have qualified for the Football World Cup for the first time since 1986. Adam Chung reports. Canada clinched their place in Qatar 2022 with a dominant display at home against Jamaica. First half goals from Kyle Laren and Tejon Buchanan put the host in control. Junior Hoylet in an own goal made it a 4-0 finish, sparking wild celebrations at Toronto's BMO Field. The Canadians were ranked 73rd when qualifying started last March, around 60 places below the likes of the United States and Mexico. Now, a year later, they find themselves top of the table with eight wins from 13 games and have booked their place in the World Cup with a game to spare. The reigning Formula One world champion Max Verstappen has won the second race of the season in Saudi Arabia. The Dutchman drove his Red Bull into the lead, overtaking Charles Leclerc's Ferrari with three laps to go. Verstappen said he had to work hard for the win. It was a really tough, but uh, a good race. I mean, we were battling hard in the front. Um, and uh, yeah, we just tried to play the long game. I mean, they were really quick through corners. We were quick on the straight. Um, but yeah, the tires were wearing out quite quick around here. Cricket. In the men's game, the West Indies have beaten England by 10 wickets in the third and final test match in Granada to win this series 1-0. England lost their last two wickets early on in the fourth morning as they were bowled out for just 120. It left the Windies just 28 to win. More details from BBC's Jonathan Agnew. Well, England cricket supporters, especially those who have travelled a long way to come here, will be gnashing their teeth. But this is a terrific victory for West Indies, wrapping it up before lunch on the fourth day. The captain, Craig Brathett, flicking the ball into the leg side. He finished on 20 not out and John Campbell on six. After England were rolled over, uh, of course, in their first innings to leave uh, West Indies with that paltry total over 28 to win. Today they lost Wokes for 19 and Leach was out for four. So 17 runs out with Mayo's finishing with 5-4-18. An excellent victory for West Indies. Players shaking hands at the end. It's been a series that's played in good spirit. But lots of questions now to ask about the future of English cricket. In college basketball, North Carolina are through to the NCAA Final Four after ending the Cinderella run by 15th-seeded St. Peter's. The entire basketball budget for St. Peter's is $1.6 million U.S. million. That's less than the salary of the opposition's coach. The Tar Heels took the game 69-49 to set up a Final Four meeting with arch-rivals Duke. And taking a look at the weather, it will be cloudy with a bit of rain, moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore later. The outlook windy with occasional showers tomorrow, sunny periods on Wednesday and Thursday with temperatures rising during the day. Currently, the temperature is 17 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity is 89%. And to end the news, our top stories once again, the government is looking into ways to adjust the territory's COVID mortality rate. Nearly all local cross-border truck drivers have been affected by new mainland measures, and the actor Will Smith has won the Best Actor Award shortly after hitting the comedian Chris Rock. And that's the news from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Osmani. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew, and I hope you've had a great weekend. After one thirty today, my guest on lockdown will be Gary Lower, a former financier who is now a young entrepreneur in e-commerce. We find out about his choice of book, movie, food, and music, and one other item that he can put into his suitcase. After two p.m., I look into an interesting study that asks professionals to switch off their phone for an hour a day to improve the quality of their life.、Hmm. Did it make a difference? Well, keep listening, and we'll find out. And of course, I've got some great music for you, so make sure you stay tuned. Stepping all the cracks in the pavement, another night of being wasted. Staring at your name, staring at your name. 